0: Provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better, for longer.
1: Yo! Back again for episode 7, I had to actually sit and calculate whenever I was typing the, the name, what episode we're actually on. So episode 7, um, I feel like it's been a long fucking time since we've recorded one, but here we are. Um I'm Ben Canning. And I'm
0: Dave Kennedy.
1: <laughs> and this is Hacking Your Health Podcast.
0: So what's up? Hey, things are going good, man. Training's good, life is good. I'm, I'm now a, a head coach for youth basketball for my travel team, so... Uh, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, old Dave would have never even come close to volunteering for that. And uh, I can't wait for my first practice because I want to, like, get involved in, like, run and sprint and do all the same things that the kids do, too. You can't, so you can't be get fun.
1: competitive with the kids, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. it's not a good idea. I'm
0: going to smack Jimmy's ball on his head. Like, yeah, that's what you get. You know? No, no, Shut them all started. down. So, not get past yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> threes. You know, <laughs> like, a high five of myself. and looking at all the parents. But, like, yeah, you see that? No, I'm just kidding. I would never do no More of a positive thing. But you know, that's the thing. I mean, again, you know, talk about, you know, why we do this, right? And it's it's being there for your kids and family and having the energy to be able to go and do it and all that stuff, right? I would have never done this five years ago, um, or even a year ago, honestly, uh, to, to put this amount of effort and everything else um into into getting these kids uh to the next level. So uh, hey, things are going great, man. Uh training's good. I almost had a five hundred and five pound deadlift. So I know I, you're I, sweating I over not I
1: because I don't tell me you did. I didn't don't tell mention me you did. it before when we were chatting no
0: no so today
1: i was like today's a fucking day i'm just gonna do it sack the rest of the training off i'm gonna do it so i looked kind of ahead to see what was coming up in this week's training and i thought right the block poles where it's slightly lifted i was like i could definitely do it no fucking chance it could have been a thousand yeah. pounds i couldn't do it, I did, it, it thank just, god it just oh. wouldn't move
0: <laughs> oh, <thank God. laughs> <laughs> I, thought I was today waiting was i was today? like my heart my heart stopped it was just waiting for you to say if you got it or not so thank god i dude i was feeling it too like you know i was start. um but the, the problem i ran into is i ran a 5k on sunday and then i did um a pr on monday for orange theory where i ran a five minute mile and then i did a full circuit training event after that and then that monday that same day um was my deadlifts and so i'm doing my deadlifts you know and you know I, I um for, for the one we're doing, the power building for with Jeff Nippard, Nippard um, it's it's uh, eight sets of deadlifts for low reps. I think it was like two. I think you're doing two or two, four. It was yes, three, three. It was three. It was, th- it was three. So, um, you know, but when I do the lower reps, I do more. So I do like six just to kind of get the, the legs going, which, you know, by the time you get to the, the fourth set, you're already just put an ass ton of volume up. Okay. So I'm like, okay, well, here's my fourth set. And then the fifth set, you know, was, was basically, um, I think it was 95%, and, and it told me to do 395, and, and I did 455. Like, you're like,
1: fuck that. Yeah,
0: I'm doing 455, and I did it three times, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, F this, I got this. And I'm like, well, wow, I'm feeling pretty damn saucy right now. I'm going to try 505. The, you know, the issue was,
1: the issue was, you didn't put the romper on. If you had had the uh, America <laughs> romper on, you would have lifted it,
0: zero issues. I got the romper ready to go. You know, I wasn't planning on it. I just, you know, it was like one of those spur of the moment things where like, I'm feeling it. You know, I, my back is feeling good. My, le- you know, my legs are feeling kind of, su- you know, kind of spicy, but we'll get it going. And then, uh, I got, I got lift off for the very first time ever. I was able to get it off the ground at 505 pounds, but I just couldn't, couldn't heavy. complete it. So it's heavy. So oh my But i say a good, a good point heavy. to
1: note, like, this is obviously, you know, I do the same in the in the warm-up sets in the way up. But if you actually wrote that down and wrote out, you know, say you did eight sets and you did more of the reps each way up, if you look at the total amount of volume and weight that you lifted across that, you know, it's gonna be double, triple, whatever it should yeah. have been. You know, okay, maybe you yep. think, well, it's just four extra reps at, you know, three hundred pounds or whatever it is, but on the way up, like you're still putting that amount of load through the muscle, so it's like a
0: cumulative fatigue
1: you still lifted a massive amount of weight. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. It's that, you know, that's why when you, when you, um, you put me on that one, uh, program for a while where we were doing some, some pretty heavy lifting and then we did kind of like a D load. And then we did uh, German volume training, yeah. which was extremely high amount of sets and reps, but lower weights. So you do, you know, 10 sets of 10 rep squats, which is, by the way, effing miserable. Uh, like when you get to like the six or seven, you're like, "What am I doing here?" Like you know, but um, we we did
1: notice like massive oh, amounts of strength, huge on that. So it huge. was worth it. It is monotonous. Oh yeah, it's like oh yeah, yeah I have to do a hundred squats here. Brilliant. <laughs>
0: Well, there's, there's some absolute science to it as well. Um, you know, they, they've done, you know, benchmark studies on, you know, the amount of volume you're pushing through and your muscles get used to that volume. Therefore you grow some very fast lean muscle, um, as you're going and doing it. So, you know, if you ever get, you know, hit a plateau, um, where you don't feel like you're progressing as fast as you'd like to, um, incorporate those German volume training, um, um, uh exercises, they're they're incredible. I mean it, it's a lot. You're you're dripping in sweat and you're you're exhausted afterwards, but you know you feel it, you feel it afterwards and your muscles grow pretty fast. So yeah. But it's gonna,
1: it's gonna, the amount of volume, but it's also the how strict you are with the rest periods as well. Um so for anybody who doesn't know, basically you set the program up with one or two Big compound exercises that are set at 10 sets of 10 with between 60 and 90 seconds rest. Um, and then you have a couple of like accessory work exercises after. Um, but it's not something you could do long term. It's like a Mm-mm. six weeks maximum, just so, like you say, get past the plateau and then push on from there. You couldn't do it long term because number one, your body wouldn't handle it. But number two, your mind you would lose your fucking mind.
0: <laughs> I remember I remember going through that and just like, man, I'm like an hour and a half in and I'm you know, like I got you know, it was it was fun though, I had a good time with it. But hey, how are you doing, man? Yeah. You doing, just got back, so
1: doing good, yeah. So I spent um, pretty much all of last week in London. Um, I just love the atmosphere of the whole city and it's a bit more normal over there than it is here at the minute. Um ate lots of food, caught up with a couple of friends, trained in some cool gyms. Got some guy to take cool photos, um, and now I'm back. And I'm, I'm, as I said, like I'm, I'm feeling better being back in my own environment. Um, yeah, but feeling refreshed. And also, how oh, is that same thing that um, my travel? Cool shoot on Monday for the merch.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so you know, I just want to caveat this with Ben shows up with brand new, you know, hacking your health merch that that I did not receive, um, and so I'm, I'm very jealous of, of Ben right now. Just, it's which, in the
1: prototype phase.
0: I'm going to use that anger, Ben, uh, to propel me to that 505 pound deadlift with the American romper on. So I, thinking I would use the power of the hoodie to propel me to the 505 pound Whatever we got to tell ourselves to get that, that 505. So yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So today we are on the fourth pillar, um, and we're going to talk a bit about body. Um, so I guess my question is to, if I asked you what that means to you, what would you say?
0: Well, man, it's such a, 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 lot of whirlwind of things hit me, um, when you talk about body, cause there's so many, uh, dynamics to this. Right. And I, but I think first and foremost, what you have to ask yourself is, you know, what do you want to look like? You know, you have full control over what you want to look like. Do you want to be big with muscles? You know, do you want to be lean and cut? You know, do you want to, you know, be able to run 15 miles? You know, and uh, you know, there's, there's. There's different. Nah, no, Dad, definitely not for me either. Um, there's definitely different goals that people have, you know, based off of, you know, how they want to kind of sculpt their body and to what they want to accomplish. And I think, you know, when you get the the mindset down, where you're getting into a cyclical effect of of being able to, or, or I should say, more of a repetitive effect of of doing the training that you want to do, and you have your nutrition down, you know, this is where you start to make changes to your body. Um, That allow you to incorporate, you know, the desired effects. So, you know, you look at me six years ago. I was morbidly obese, right? I was three hundred fifteen pounds. And the first thing I did, which you know, I look back again, uh, you know, at that, I'm like, man, I really wish I knew what I knew today because I would have done it completely different, uh, and would have saved myself an ass ton of time. But, you know, uh, uh, what I did is I just shaved the weight off, right? Because. You know, I had the, the gastric sleeve that I mentioned in the previous podcast, and I couldn't eat as much. So then, therefore, I was in a caloric deficit all the time because I was literally pounding, you know, maybe 500 calories or 600 calories a day. Also, felt like shit the entire time too, right? You know, so um, you know, so I dropped all the weight and went down to 185, but I still wasn't happy with myself. You know, like I, uh, you know, I was, I was, I lost the, the gut. I felt better, but my energy levels were so low because I was in such a caloric deficit. Um, you know, I didn't have the energy I needed to, and then eventually I started bouncing back up again because I didn't have the right tools. So, you know, for me, um, you know, I always liked, you know, uh, people like the rock, for example, that were like real big. Right. And, you know, but not like Jay Cutler big, that is just like, that dude's a freaking giant or a Ronnie Coleman or you know, Arnold or whatever. Right. You know, and, and granted, I mean, rocks, rocks, probably, probably in that category as well, but you know, like, um, Henry Campbell is one of my favorites or, you know, like, um, where he's, he's a big dude, but he's not like overly big, like Chris Hemingworth, who's like the Thor. Right. So. You know, there's there's different body types that I, I I personally liked, and so for me, it's it's you know how do I what do I like wh- who do I like from a a guy perspective that I like his body type, and how do I get to that type of body type that I want to do? And so I think for me, it's first planning out what I want to accomplish. Do I want to just lose weight? And if you look at my pictures before and after when I first started with you, I would consider myself more like what I would consider skinny fat, right? Where you know, I was 217 pounds, 6'4", which isn't terrible. Um, I was losing control. I was gaining weight every day and getting more and more, um, you know, uh, out of shape. But I didn't have any muscle definition. You know, I definitely didn't feel comfortable with my shirt off. Um, you know, if I sat down, you could tell I had a gut, you know. And and so you have all those different areas that you want to look at. And, and, and on top of that, you know, cardiovascular health, everything else comes along with it. So, you know, for me, it was how do I transform my body to a certain position i think that's what i think of when i think of body and then figuring out the right steps to get there
1: yeah it's an interesting one for me because as i i think i touched on this on the very first or second episode at least like whenever i first started coaching the sort of the way the four pillars went body was the first one because i thought that that's what you needed to focus on first but i think even if anybody has followed us from the the start of the podcast journey like You know, whenever you work on your mindset, then the lifestyle, then the nutrition side of things, the body is a byproduct. And I think that's sort of what leads us to here. But you're absolutely right in what you say. You know, you need to have an idea as to where you want to take it. Do you want the sort of body where, you know, it's just like that athletic look, the sort of look that I like? Or do you want to look like a cloud, like Jay Cutler and he's just fucking massive? Or is it you want to just train for like endurance or long distance or, you know, right? obviously everybody's goals different and that's fine, but you need to decide what what i actually want my body to be able to do necessarily and what i want it to be able to look like and then sort of build the other foundations around that but it's definitely been a, a 360 in me as to how the four four pillars are laid out and i think that's sort of you know the past couple of episodes that past couple of episodes have led us to this point
0: yeah and and it's 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 incredible that you have that much power and control of your body because we know the science behind everything right You know, we we have evolved over millions of years to to who we are today, and it's interesting because you look at some diets, for example. I know we don't talk about diets very often here, but um, intermittent fasting is a great example of of just millions of years of evolution. So you you take a million year old caveman that you know or woman that you know um, didn't have access to the type of food that we had today, Uh, you know, most specifically, you know, like I mean, uh, regular access to reliable sources of food. And so, you know, in order to survive and in order to evolve, you know, our bodies had to be um, in prime tip-top shape. And when you start to, to have a starving mechanism, if you think about it, your body is, is not able to be at maximum capacity, but it knows it's starving. So if you're, you know, it's either you're going to die because you can't get food if you have low energy, or if I can tune my systems to, to be at maximum capacity, sharp brain activity increases... You may burn some additional calories at that time, but you're going to be hyper focused to be able to get the food that you need to to survive. And so, our brains actually in intermittent fasting, when you start, you know, starve yourself essentially for a little bit, our our bodies go into overdrive because it thinks that we're going to die, literally, because we're not going to be sharp enough to go hunt our food. And you can see these evolutionary changes too in our jaws, for example. You know, the reason why we have Major defects in our, our teeth and things like that are because we're eating softer foods because we used to eat, you know, a bunch of other variations of food. So, like these evolutionary effects that we have, we have full control and, and understand a lot of the science behind it to make our body exactly what we want to. If we want to be super lean uh, and not have a lot of muscle mass but have h- heavy endurance and cardio, we can do that. If we want to build muscle, you know, increase calories, be able to eat e- eat more. Um, and to be able to maintain that muscle, continue to build that muscle, we can do that. You know, there's there's so many different variations. So uh, we have, or you could just be just massively wicked, stupid strong with a massive gut, right? You know, that you can lift a thousand pounds or whatever those crazy guys do. Um, You know, it, it's really in our control. Yeah, and I think sort of
1: obviously there's a there's a full spectrum of it as well. Do you know what I mean? You know, as things evolve, as research, as the science evolves, as, you know, technology evolves, there's so many other aspects that we can control and manage and understand. And if you think about it as a, like, you know, if you think about elite athletes and, you know, world records and how they're continuing, even if you're talking about a thousand pound deadlift, it it was Eddie Hall, I think I think it was 500 kilos. So that's like a thousand and something pounds for the world record. There's a lot of like, um, Sort of psychological science behind it that once somebody does it, then people know it can be done. So a lot more people do it. So I don't know if you ever read the study about the the first guy that ran... Was it the mile under a certain time? Something like that anyway. But the first guy that ran it and then everybody was so that was minute. that was
0: actually me on Monday, oh.
1: by the way. <laughs> just so yeah, so since GF has <laughs> ran a five minute mile on Monday, a lot of <laughs> people. <have done> it. <laughs> um but yeah, so obviously, you know, as technologies advance and as the science advances and as the more understanding that we have our body, the more control over we have, you know, what we can do. And I don't want to say shortcut, but definitely having more of a direction and knowing what we can do to get us to a certain place, you know. <clears throat> It allows us to do it in a quicker time, I guess. And that's obviously thinking of the of the upper end and you know, even the stuff that we talk about, being one percent better and how we can optimize things, you know, that's the sort of level that we're at. But I understand that there's a whole spectrum of of people listening and like where they're at and where they're trying to go. So we're trying to just cover all bases, I guess.
0: Yeah, one one thing to take into consideration here that you really need to be cautious of, and, and I mentioned this early on is the mindset and nutrition aspects that build upon this whole body piece, right? And I think it's important to note that You know, as you um, increase uh, resistance training or as you increase cardio, that does not equate to you need to pound an additional thousand calories a day, and that's that's where most people fail on these things. When they're doing a substantial amount of cardio, they eat their way out of that. You know, let's just say in in a given session, like when I do Orange Theory, which is an an hour long session, um, you know, it's 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 high intensity the entire time. I mean, my heart rate is at a at a very high level for an hour solid. So it's, it's 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 about as hard as it can get, right? For your body, it's as taxing as it possibly get from a cardio perspective. I will burn about anywhere between you know 700 to 850 calories or so during that hour period. So if I'm eating a thousand calories afterwards because I'm just so you know famished because I just destroyed my body, well now I'm in a surplus of 200 calories that I wouldn't have necessarily had in the, in the beginning because I just ate you know 200 more calories than I probably should have in that specific area. So watch what you're eating and make sure that you're balancing those calories. You know, as you start to do it, but for me, you know, when you start looking at, hey, how do I maximize muscle gain potential? Um, and and there some people will argue with me on this very much. Um, I, I found it beneficial for me. So it's, it's all about you individually as you, you know, you understanding your body and you adjusting your program accordingly to listen to your body, you know. The, the the amount of of cardio that I do a week I'm basically running three five Ks a week plus you know circuit training and everything else right and that's okay for me but a lot of people will say well that's gonna impact your muscle gain because you you know you, um, you're you're putting your, you're taxing your body too much and and that may be true but I want to be a person that is uh, fit endurance wise cardiovascular wise and everything else as well as have a good set of muscles and I know a lot of people that you know and, and by the way ben effing smoked me on the 5k so he can talk about how he hates running all the time granted i ran with my kid i totally could have beat you um but uh He listen for for a 13 year old to run a 5k in 20 it was like 27 28 minutes um that was awesome yeah you yeah, know yeah. like I, I was so proud of him he wanted to quit halfway through and i was able to push him through and he did a great job but um you know for me you know, people say, "Well, cardio, you know, can can impact your gains from a muscle perspective." I personally have not seen it. I've been able to gain muscle. I've been able to push it forward. I enjoy cardio, um, so you know, I, I don't don't necessarily agree with that same. I know a lot of like really big muscular dudes that you know they walk up the steps and they can't, you know, they have to take a break and they're winded. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy, you know. I, I want to be able to run and do sports and that type of stuff and feel good about myself and ha- uh, you know be muscular at the same time. So. Yeah, you know, it's just balancing your body, understanding your body when you start to go through this.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, it's just knowing what you actually want to achieve from it. And, you know, having that sort of athletic physique that you actually is functional and you can do things rather than just looking a certain way, but being totally useless. If I always use the like, if you get chased by a bear thing, can you get away? Um, but it you just you know if it is a case if it you just want to be super strong, then that's totally fine. if you don't want to be cardiovascular fit, then there's no issues with that at all um I think the the sort of point that I would like to touch on about the cardio side of things and you know you're obviously living at that end, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I will always keep some level of cardio in um obviously again, you know yours is above the norm, let's say, but having a higher Cardiovascular threshold allows you to recover a lot better, even like between sets. Whenever you're training, do you know what I mean? So, say whenever you're going to do a heavy set of deadlifts or whatever it is, you know you don't need to take that three, four, five minute rest in between to go and do your set again. Your body can recover a lot quicker because you do other things to sort of accommodate that. Um, the other side of that was bet as well would be you know, you're talking about people going and eating a 1000 calories after burning 850. This is actually something that comes up quite a lot whenever people start and they're like, oh, you know, but my, my fitness pal, you have set me at, you know, 2300 calories, but it's given me an extra 700 calories here because I went for a walk and then I did X, Y and Z. And I'm like, that's the problem. It's like not that you're like winning these calories back to go and eat them. Like that's what's creating the deficit. So it's not like my fitness pal, it, I think it says goal and then minus what you've eaten and then plus it's like bonus party calories and then it's giving you like a totally skewed um amount there is obviously a way to turn that off but uh yeah that is something that comes up quite a lot and the last point on that that i would like to sort of note about the cardio um there's a Well, I remember from whenever I worked in the gym, I would have seen the girls come out of spin class and the guys come out of spin class and be like, oh, yo, I burnt 750 calories, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they didn't do any weight training. There's a sort of like misconception with that, that, you know, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you obviously track the data. You know, the calories that you burn whenever you're lifting weights is far less in terms of the number that it gives you. Yes. But there's the sort of after effect of that as well. So the calories that you burn whenever you're doing your cardio, that's the calories that you burn versus the calories that you burn whenever you lift weights. There's like a 24, 36, 48 hour period after that, that your body continues to burn calories. It's called the excess post exercise oxygen consumption. I did have to Google that and it sat beside me because I always get the, <laughs> words, the words mixed up. Um, but it's that sort of after effect that your body will continue to burn calories for, you know, 36 hours after that. So it's not just what it says on your watch for the, yeah. the hour that you've trained.
0: There's no, there's no question that strength training has a, a massive caloric uh, burn. Not only from you know the repair cycle and everything else that happens, um, oxygen depletion, gl- uh, glycogen restores, et cetera. But as you mentioned, I mean, there's there's the whole protein synthesis aspect, hypertrophy, which you know your muscles grow. There's a lot of things that require um, uh, calories in order to produce those types of effects. There is an exception to the rule on the cardio side. Um, when, um, so high intensity interval training or HIIT training, um, has been shown to, to spike those levels, to create, um, additional what they call like an afterburn, um, you know, type of, of scenario where you are, there's like two things that have to happen for fat burn. One, your body has to basically say, okay, you can use this fat here. And then it has to transport that fat to be used, uh, to, 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 to burn from a calorie perspective. And so, um, HIIT training has shown to have some of it, but the, more recent studies show that it's it's very not uh, very minimum if if it's basically minuscule it's it's almost non-existent. Where you start to get that that afterburn, you know, fat burning cycle is when you do what I think it's called type three cardio, which is you know um, high energy cardio for long periods or extended times. And so, um, if you uh, there's 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 two studies. One one is uh, when you're in a fasted state, i.e., your stomach is empty your time window of how long it takes to get to that state to burn fat after your workout is shorter. It's about 40 minutes. Um, whereas, um, if you're, if you've eaten before you've worked out, um, it it ends up being around 70 minutes to get that kind of after burn fat effect. So my recommendation is if you're doing cardio, I would do it on a a fasted stomach for at least 40 minutes, um, at a, a level three or type three type type training. Which you know, hit training uh, for Orange Theory definitely hits that mark because you're there for an hour just killing and murdering yourself. Um, and Chris is complaining right now in the other chat that Orange Theory was so bad. Chris, you know, that was the easiest class ever. <laughs> Give me a break. I'm just kidding. It it, it sucked. It was <laughs> horrible. But um, like, can we cut that part out that it was horrible so that he doesn't know about it? <laughs> um, no, just. Kidding. But uh, you know, like that those types of things. Um, when you start getting in the precision around. You know how do you burn as much fat or maximize your body? Those are the fun things you get to kind of tweak and look at you know certain things to to kind of get there but but you know the the biggest part is that if you're doing resistance training i e lifting weights you know picking things up and putting them down is is you know gr- groceries are, are an example of that by the way uh only one run ever um yeah uh, but uh, uh you know those those will 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 both short mid and long term. Be your best avenue for losing weight, um, because the more muscle you build, the more calories you burn, thus more fat you burn, and everything else that goes along with that. So, resistance training is probably the most important aspect. And the problem is, is that everybody says, "Well, you have to do more cardio." That's bullshit. You know, you don't have to do cardio. Do resistance training. Be that. Have that be your primary focus, and then incorporate a, or salt in some cardio as part of it. There has to be some in America somewhere, like dad
1: competition to see how many groceries can be carried. Dude,
0: if there's not, we have to start. <laughs> have to I mean, <laughs> I don't that- know who I was talking to the other day. Oh, it was my buddy, Wim in Belgium. Uh, he, he was he was talking about, he saw a picture or something of like a, a, some kid carrying a bunch of bags of groceries. And I said, listen, this is the only reason why I train, right? You know, And I said, listen, I, my, I want my tombstone on my... On my 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 casket, you know, when I died to say died at you know ninety two years old, carrying seven hundred bags of groceries and had a heart attack, and that's how he went out because that's how I want to go out, you know. Like yeah. let's do the, let's
1: do the research to see if there is a competition for that. Yeah, we got to um, find
0: the grocery competition. I'm I'm pretty good at this, man. I'm just gonna say like I I got it. So
1: the uh, yeah, at one point I want to sort of touch on just on the the hit training aspect, and I've been quite open to the fact that I'm not gen- generally I'm not a fan of it to recommend this trade off the bat. And there's a couple of reasons. The first reason is it it probably doesn't count because you do it in a controlled environment that, you know, it's scheduled and you have markers and you can literally see your heart rate and you're, you're hitting targets. But, you know, for somebody who's training in their back living room saying that they're doing hit training, they're probably not training at the capacity where it's actually, high intensity, it's more medium intensity. It's kind of hard. It's not like 100% effort. So to get to that level, you you have to train your body to be able to train at a high intensity. It's not just like, oh, I've never done any training before, so I'm just going to start hit training here. You won't be able you won't have the capacity to do it. The second reason that I don't really like it is and it's not like it's a straight off the bat thing until I get to know the client a bit better generally. A lot of the people that I deal with and have conversations with have high stress, jobs, environments, work, whatever it is. And for me then to add that additional stress of HIIT training, your body can't differentiate between if it's, you know, work stress, family stress, relationship stress, financial stress, or stress because I've told you to go and do, you know, forty minutes of a conditioning session or a hit session. So that's sort of the first thing that I will take out. Now obviously as you build the capacity to do these things and as we sort of manage stress levels and other aspects of your life, then yes, it 100% does play a part. But for anybody who's listening, who's like, oh, I just go and do hit training because, you know, I do 30 minutes and I burn 900 calories and I can do it, you know, behind my desk in between meetings and blah, 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 blah. Maybe let's not do that. And let's sort of pull it back and find something else that you can yeah. do. And I, you know, again, you'll, you'll be a, an advocate of this that whenever I initially start, I'll just give you a calorie or a, cardio total for across the week and i'll i'll be specific in terms of like heart rate between you know 130 Mm -hmm. to 140 bpm because it's enough to get a sweat on it's enough to burn some calories it's enough to get your heart rate up but your heart rate's not at like 200 where your body's like fighting to survive so
0: yeah there's it's just
1: having the awareness of when these things fit
0: yeah and uh that's what i really appreciate about the program that you had too was you know it's um you know, it, it broke up, you know, steps, you know, which is an important aspect because you know if you think about it, when you're doing steps, you're burning calories. Uh, and, and it's crazy how many calories you burn just by walking. Um, and so, you know, steps are an important aspect, how many hours of cardio, you know, you should probably, you know, get in a day or a week. Um, you know, I always try to exceed that. Uh, and then and then the, the the weight training obviously is an important aspect of it. And you know, uh so when we talk about body, there I think there's a couple of Different things to to recognize, right? So your body is a machine, and that machine needs you. to be well tuned <laughs> and oil. <laughs> body is a machine, um, you know. So so uh, you know important things to discuss, and I think in the uh, body aspect is you know recovery, sleep, and then how do you get yourself into a program where you can start to mold yourself into that that direction, right? And I never appreciated how important how critically important sleep was to that whole cycle. So so I would say before you even start weight training or anything else you need to get your sleep down pat. Sleep is how your body recovers, it's how your brain rests, it's how you, you know, you know, like every aspect around your health actually revolves around sleep. So if you're not getting appropriate sleep um, you need to figure that out first and foremost because that is so critical and you will not recover appropriately as things go along.
1: Yeah. I think the, the new, well, in my opinion, the, the new 2021 flex is getting seven hours sleep. Do you mean going to bed before 10 o'clock? That to me is a flex. Do you know what I mean? It's not like yep. I only got two hours sleep and whatever else. Like, you know, being mindful of, okay. It used to be cool to, you know, be able to survive on three hours sleep because, well, for me, I was out partying, and for you, you were up hacking something or creating something. Um But now it's like, right, okay, well, this is my opportunity to recover so that I can be better yeah. in my days around that. And I actually had this thought this morning because um, obviously I always laugh at you. You know, you've got thirty six hours in your day. How do you get so much shit done? And you know, <laughs> I feel like I do quite a lot during the day too, but it's because I'm consistently going to bed at a reasonable time. So like at yeah. half nine, I'll put my phone away and by 10 o'clock, I'll be in bed, hopefully asleep. Yes. Okay. I get up at, you know, quarter to five or five o'clock. Technically, I have more of my day than everybody else because, you know, they're sleeping in the seven, eight, whatever. um. So that's how I'm able to fit more stuff in. I also have the energy because I make sure that the sleep that I get is good quality. So, you know, if you've ever been in a situation where you don't get a lot of sleep and the day's dragging in and everything's difficult, it's because your body just doesn't have the capacity to process whatever it is you're doing. Whereas if I get up in the morning and I know that I put into the, the client chat during the week that if there's any way that they can get the check-ins in the night before, it means that whenever I get up, I can just get through them so that you guys have the feedback there for you whenever you wake up the next day. It's because I know that that time between like 5 a.m. and 10 a.m. is whenever I work the best. And, you know, I could probably get a full day's work done in that time. And then the rest of the day I have, you know, to go and train or go and do whatever i'm doing or spend time with harper or whatever it is like i have the rest of the day to sort of utilize that but it's me knowing my body as to when i work best and i know you're not a morning person so there's obviously different times in the day that you work better
0: i have started shifting a bit more towards morning not not that early uh i'll I'll appreciate it like to me early is like oh my god i'm up at 7 a.m right um and so you know like but that's definitely changed because i used to wake up at like eight 8.39 you know it was kind of like my thing because I'd be up till you know midnight or one o'clock or two o'clock or four o'clock or five o'clock <laughs> or six o'clock and so you know for me um, getting my my workout done in the morning is most preferred for me um, because I feel like I have less distractions um, then as soon as the day starts you know I start getting up with email and conference calls and you know it's really hard to get that break so what I found really successful for me personally just based on my schedule, is that I do, you know, cardio Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so three times a week. Weekends I leave out because you know that's kind of like my time to, to decompress. I still get my lifts in, but you know I don't do the the, the cardio aspects of things. And then days that I have cardio, um, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of studies on uh, cardio impact on weight training. Okay, and it definitely does have an impact on weight training. So you know you need at least six hours of recovery. Um, um, after a, a large cardio session, to to have that not impact your weight training. So I typically wait, you know, six hours and try to you know have a pause in between, maybe two meetings, where I can go and get a lift in or do it in the afternoon or evenings. I prefer to do my lifts in the morning. So Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, um, I do my lifts in the morning, which I I, I really do enjoy those because it's kind of like my time, you know, to go and do it. I don't have to worry about distractions or things uh, like that. Um, but that's just what I found works best for my schedule. Now here's the thing. I could potentially move orange theory to the evening, but I do not want to do cardio in the evening at all. There's zero like interest in that at all. So I'm either doing cardio in the morning or I'm not doing it at all. So that's kind of how I've balanced my uh, workout regimens and 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 again, the sleep is really important with that. Um, you know, getting that proper recovery and you know, there are days like today is a g- great example where you know <laughs> that that workout I did 2 days ago, I that's probably the most intense and insane legs day I've ever put myself through to the point to where I couldn't even walk. Like I was walking up the steps and I'm like, my legs are like, seriously, I'm if, if I could detach from you, I would right now. Um, I we're, we're having a divorce moment at the moment. So, you know, it was, it was one of those moments for me. And so, you know, what's interesting though is I, you know, I don't get sore anymore, so I'm not sore, but my muscles are fatigued. It's, it's very different feeling. Like you can tell, like, you know, like you, you lift your leg up and your legs like, nope, nope still not there buddy you know like mm -mm. you know and and yesterday i did a really um uh big upper body workout too to where you know like even after the nipper training i I threw in um like a circuit training burnout where i did like you know three sets of different various things like you know dips you know biceps uh and uh uh uh, log log presses overhead presses and so you know like you know today you know i could tell you know my arms fatigue my legs are fatigue i did orange theory today and i definitely was not at max capacity of what i normally be so you 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 have to listen to your body and you have to take breaks when when your body is requesting that you take breaks in order to repair and that's one of the hardest things that i've obviously struggled with ben you know ben's like listen if i catch you working out i'm flying from the uk to beat the shit out of you so, because I know your your body needs it, I'm like, okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my whoop off and then go work out and not tell you and yeah, still do I'm gonna it. But... Go and cuddle my dumbbells and have lunch with them. And <laughs> you, remember, you remember that day I kept... So there was a day where Ben said if he catches me working out that he's you know gonna fly over or whatever. And so I started um, taking pictures of like me eating my food, but then there would be like a dumbbell in the background and everything that I did. So like I'd be like. You know, outside relaxing, and there'd be a picture of the dumbbell sitting right there. You know, like it is just so it just it just kind of teased Ben a bit.
1: <laughs> but no, I think the, the recovery aspect is you know <clears throat> you need to number one, your body is an incredible gift. Like if you actually mm-hmm. think about what it's capable of and what it can do, like insane what you can put it through. And you know, again, if we look at the extreme levels, if we look at you know people who are doing ultra marathons and you know all these things that. You know there are incredible achievements. We all have the capacity to do it. It's just about getting to that stage. A lot of that is obviously do with mindset, but in terms of like what your body can actually go through, it's absolutely insane. But also how you can adapt things to to make it go through those you know those strenuous activities, whatever it is. Um, so you need to sort of recognize that, and I think that comes back to a point of, you know, it's not that oh I have to train it's. I get to train. Like, I, I'm thankful. I'm grateful for the ability that I can train. And that's sort of a good mindset shift to have. So you're not dreading your training or dreading your workouts. Now, that being said, you know, with all the will in the world, like I get to run a 5k, but I'm not going to do it every week, every week because that was fucking hard. We haven't actually, actually even touched on that. So um, for anybody who doesn't know, um, we did a charity run on Saturday. <laughs> Wow, I mean, I will not be doing that again. I was exactly right in what I said though by not training. If I had started training, you know, three weeks beforehand, I um I definitely wouldn't have been up for the run. I needed to just do it, go through the pain, and that was it done and out of the way. Um But yes, anyway, so your body, incredible machine, you know what it's capable, absolutely outstanding. Um and it's you know, it's tuning those things to get it to where you want to be. And I think probably one thing that we should touch on is the training side of it, because I know that You know, people are like, okay, well, like, where do I start or what do I do? Um, from a training perspective, because it's all good us talking about 500 pound deadlift, but that's maybe not relatable to to a lot of people. Um so from a from a training perspective, you know, just as a as a getting started, um, if you're not doing anything, my sort of go to initially, and I say this with anybody that I'm on an initial coaching call is like I'm a big fan of of lowest effective dose. So, you know, what Mm -hmm. you can fit into your schedule that's not too much of a stress. There's also mentioned there that, you know, training in the morning is good for him because it's distraction free. And I find that a lot with people who, you know, maybe aren't fully in control of their days or they're busy or meetings can come up. You know, if you get that training out of the way in the morning, then you don't have number one, the dread of having to do it in the, in the evening as the day goes on, you get more tired, you know, more things can come up, more excuses can get in the way. If you've got it done in the morning, that's the box ticked. You also feel great because you've just done something for yourself. Um, so you, you need to look at what you can commit to doing. That's not going to totally, you know, overturn your entire life and it's going to be hard to manage. So I would always recommend try and get, yeah. you know, three days in if you can do it and do full body workouts with weight or resistance training. I think I touched on this before, but the way that I would sort of split those is just try and hit two exercises for each muscle group throughout those full body sessions. It'll be enough yeah. to stimulate the muscle, but it'll also allow you to be able to recover in between. And those sort of full body days across the week will allow you almost to do. Technically, three times the amount of work because you can, you know, train your legs three times a week, your chest, your shoulders, your back, everything, rather than doing, you know, individual days. So, as a start point, three full body sessions a week, um, two exercises per body part or muscle group, and then like I would generally go with sixty minutes of cardio across the week on top of that, and then ten thousand steps if you can accommodate for it. And I think those three things, from an output perspective, work well because you have the the training the resistance training and the weight training you also have a cardio total that's like a different aspect and then you have the steps which is a daily thing so that would be a you know a very basic initial start point and generally i use that quite a lot with people because it allows me to sort of get a feel of how they work with that setup how their body recovers and then you know we can evolve as you and i have done through many different training programs at this point
0: yeah and, and there's some good good tidbits in there too so like there's some science out there around between the, the six to twelve mark on on hitting uh, very specific muscle groups for for various sets. So, you know, um, you you know the the full body workouts, there's some great science behind them, especially as we get older. You know, this is for young men and and the full body workouts are absolutely fantastic uh, for your body because you're able to hit your muscle groups. And if you just do three a week, you know, you can space those out. So do full body, you know, take a rest day or two rest days you know, hit full body again and do that, you know, you know, rinse and repeat. So full body workouts, I'd heavily recommend. And I think there's a, a key concept that, that folks really need to understand is that there are two types of, of muscle fibers that we have. Um, one that are for strength and one that is essentially for growth or endurance. And so muscle hypertrophy is what we call muscle growth. And those typically happen if you want to grow your muscles, which equate to additional calories, right? You're uh, in order to grow, in order to maintain that growth, um, you need the calories to be able to support that. And obviously, if you're burning more calories and you have a good protein intake, then you're going to be losing fat. So muscle hypertrophy typically comes in a higher rep range. Um, So that means that you know, and you know, so there's there's power builders, which um, you know are, are power lifters. I should say, sorry. Um, that that focus very heavily on strength which is going to be extremely high weights at low reps and that is that is that is strengthening your strength muscles that you have um, which allow you to increase in strength but it doesn't doesn't necessarily increase uh, increase your your muscle volume uh, and, and your muscle growth which is the different type of muscle fibers which would be your muscle hypertrophy so in order to, to create muscle hypertrophy it's typically anywhere between you know, six uh uh six reps to 12 to 15 to 20 etc onward the more reps the better typically for for hypertrophy so you know you might be going lower weights you're not gonna you know if if i'm not doing 12 reps of 505 pound deadlifts if i if i'm doing muscle hypertrophy for deadlifts if i need to do 12 for example you know i may cut my percentages down to only do 50 or 60 percent of my one rep max which you know, volume wise, I may be doing more. I'm doing more volume over my muscles, which is the growth aspect of things, versus just short bursts of, of you know small reps. So, you know, when you're building these training programs out, you know, I'd heavily recommend going the muscle hypertrophy route or the what is known as bodybuilding um, to start to grow your muscles because that's gonna um, you're gonna see the difference in those uh, first and foremost. You may not get as strong. You know, if your goal is, hey, I want to be able to do a five hundred five pound deadlift or eight hundred, you know, and five pound deadlift, then you want to be doing, you know, lower volume, higher sets. I'm sorry, uh, lower lower reps, um, you know, and and uh, higher weights, and that will get you to the point of being able to grow grow, uh, to grow in your your size. But it's not going to necessarily help you for sculpting your body or getting those desired results that you want to. So I'd I'd heavily recommend if you're doing the full body workouts, as Ben had mentioned, um, to do higher sets. And I usually personally. I'm in the 10 to 15 uh, rep range like 12 is kind of my perfect number I guess that I, that I strive for you know so getting the weights to a point where I hit that 12th, it's kind of tough right um, and that's where we get into what's called RPEs um, how many reps you have basically left in the tank so you can usually gauge things between what's called a one uh, RP to a 10 RPE 10 RP would be like literally your max you can't go another another rep again you know eight RP and I have a couple more left in the in the bank so you know, kind of gauging where your muscles are at uh, will help you get to the point of, of maximizing uh, muscle hypertrophy to create that protein synthesis aspect in your body to then grow those muscles as you go along. So, higher reps, lower, lower weights equate to bigger muscles, more calorie burn. And, and um, you know, uh, heavier weights, lower reps equate to the strength aspects of growing, growing your strength. We're, right now, we're in a hybrid version, um, which is uh, a guy named Jeff Nipper, really, really famous bodybuilder super incredible, um, you know, form and body, everything else. He's really big on technique and the science behind things. Um, you know, check us out his YouTube channel. He's, he's really good, but his, his program is a split between, uh, power and bodybuilding. So we, you know, have our very first, uh, sets that we go through are usually very heavy, low rep sets for the strength aspect of things. And then it's supported by other bodybuilding techniques that have higher reps. So it's, it's a mixture of both programs. Yeah,
1: I think that the I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine, Helmy. He's a coach too, and one of the biggest things that I've struggled with is the RPE, which is risk, rate mm. of perceived effort. Me too. I think, um, yeah. because I've always been taught any coach that I've had, it's go to failure. Like you go, you empty the tank, and like it's hard to just be like, okay, I'm just gonna go and do seventy percent here. Like fuck this! Like I want to actually lift proper weight,
0: um, but rate of perceived exertion. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, we can say effort. That's
0: fine. Can't even correct <laughs> me on <thing>. that. <laughs> Same thing. Sorry, sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. <laughs> um, we can trademark that for me. Um, <laughs> but the best way again, so if we go back to the training plan, the best way that I can sort of, if, if you want to look at it on a broad spectrum to break down the rep ranges, to maintain that sort of hypertrophy rep range, I would always look at it as Big compound movements go between like six and 10 reps. Okay. Cause they're going to be the most taxing on your body. So compound movements are multi joint movements. So like a squat, a deadlift, a bench press, things like that. Then think about this after that, think about the size of the muscle groups. Okay. So smaller muscle groups are going to be able to handle more volume, lower weight. So what I would do for that then is, you know, a bigger muscle group, say for example, quads, if you're doing leg extension or something, obviously quads are big muscle group, you would go like eight to 12 and then after that, you would look at the smaller muscle groups like shoulders, biceps, triceps. And that's whenever you hit that sort of 15 to 20, 25, 30 rep range that they can yeah. handle a lot more, take a, a bit more of a beating, to be honest. Um, and that's
0: sort of the to it, for like lat, lat and frontal raises, yeah. you know, those types of things. Like, to the mark. You made to do 30 reps? And I'm like, I know. Do those then you suck, get shoulders by the like Dave. Yeah, and I'm suck. like,
1: it, it works. It works. Um, but yeah, that, that's the easiest way that I can sort of dissect that without trying to overly complicate it you know big compound movements go six to ten bigger muscle groups go eight to twelve and then the smaller muscle groups you're going to go like 15 20 25 whatever whatever it can handle um and that's how i would look at that sort of total
0: overall volume and make sure you're hitting all those muscle groups right and and you do hit you know certain muscle groups when you're doing big compound moves, for example. So, like when you're doing deadlifts, uh, you're you're hitting your traps too, believe it or not. Um, so, you know there are things where you know you're hitting your muscle groups in different areas. But I also like focus areas as well. So, you know I'll do shrugs quite a bit. You know to to build the traps up, and I do um, high volumes on those because they're a smaller muscle group. So I'll be in the twenty to thirty range when I'm doing shrugs. You know, same thing. Um, like, i know. doing over. I don't know. I <laughs> don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, there's, but there's times to go heavy too. So when I'm doing overhead press, that can be a big compound movement where you're working a lot of big muscle groups here, most specifically your shoulders. Um, so I'll do heavy there, but I'll also do very lightweight there as well for that muscle hypertrophy aspect of things where I'll do, you know, lat raises, uh, which are out to the side and then frontals, which are, you know, forward. So, you know, um, I'll do you know twenty of these really quick, I'll do twenty of these really quick. Um, you know so there are, there are different ways of of kind of hitting your different muscle groups. Obviously, chest is gonna be a big compound movement with your bench uh, or incline or decline. Uh, you have other things that you can do to hit your chest as well. you know, like obviously flies or dips, uh, things to that effect. Um, uh, pushups are fantastic. Uh, so you know you're 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 hitting all these groups uh, in different ways. For different aspects. So I want to grow stronger in my bench, right? But I also want to be able to build my chest out from a hypertrophy perspective to build those muscles to make them look larger. So, you know, I'll do really heavy bench sets, but I'll also support it with other types of movements like dump, you know, um, like incline uh, uh, flies or you know um, you know push ups or in uh, dips or things of that effect to hit those muscle groups at a much larger rate, so you know I, again this might be too much for some folks just starting, but listen, you know there are a million different programs out there. I'd highly recommend Jeff Nifford has uh, a lot of programs out there for beginners exactly what we're talking about here um, that you can go and build these out with and they're like twenty bucks or something like that to get the programs but there's also like I mean just Google you know, uh, full body workouts, you're going to get 7,000 different results and they're all just fine. You know, and they have some that are like, Hey, you know, uh, uh, full body workouts at a gym or full body workouts that are body weights. You know, um, there are things called a TRX, for example, which are little bands that you could, you drill into the, the post of your wall. And they're and, and there's like, a thousand different workouts you can do just with oh. body weight with TRX that are like 50 bucks that are tough as hell. I mean, they're really tough. And what I like about TRX is, is they hit all of your stabilizer muscles as well, because you have to balance yourself as you know, you're doing all of these. So you're getting a really good workout for those. So if you don't have a gym, you can easily get, you know, something like a TRX, you know, that that could do a full body workout for you. Um, you know, there's, there's wall squats. There's, there's so many different things you could do um, to hit all those muscle groups, you know, adequately. So first and foremost, Get your workout plan done. Get your sleep down. Obviously, number one, you know, get get your workout regimen three times a week. you just starting out. Incorporate a little bit of cardio into there. Um, I do recommend prior to starting your workout, um, you do a little bit of cardio to get your heart rate up. Um, that has been shown to increase performance. Not, not too much, you know, like five, ten minutes of, you know, playing some basketball or doing some jumping jacks or something like that, just to get your heart rate up just a little bit. Um, and then from there hitting your, your weight, your weight training um, after that. But then, you know, obviously recovery is a big, uh, important aspect of it, but get that training program down be a regimen with it. Do it every time. Don't skip it. Listen to your body. If your body's saying I'm, I'm effed up right now from these, these previous days, that's fine. You know, listen to that, but don't be lazy uh, and skip those. And the one thing I want to mention, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll shut up because I've been talking a lot, um, is when you first go through this, You're going to be sore as all hell i mean like super sore like you're not going to want to walk that goes away that that goes away your muscles get used to this regular training um you know after a few weeks you're not going to be sore anymore if you're consistent with it and you're going to be able to recover a lot faster so push through the soreness um that'll go away that's your body saying what are you doing to me okay i'm used to it now it's fine okay i'll I'll give you that and you're you're basically ready to go and hit the ground running you know pretty much every other day
1: yeah, the, the initial soreness, like I laugh sometimes at the comments that I get back when clients they start. And I think it was, uh, I think it was, Christy was like, I just let, I live on the one floor of the house now. Like I don't get up and down the stairs anymore. <laughs> but that's a, a good point to note. Like obviously you said that you don't get sore at the minute. You know, I would say that when we change the training plan from the power building, you will get sore again because of new stimulus on your body. So it does sort of come back on that front. Like it's a case of we can't get that back Um. And it's more of a, the way that I sort of describe it from that is, you know, if I go to Ben, pick something up now, I'll feel my hamstring stretch. So I know that I've trained, but I'm not totally enabled to walk up and down the stairs. Um, the TRX is a funny one because I think you have had a call with Joe before the, my friend who's the product instructor. She did the sort of yeah. mobility stuff. She took yeah. me for a TRX session and. <laughs> I was like looking at this band hanging from the ceiling, and being like, "Come on!" Yeah,
0: like, like, "Oh, this is gonna be ridiculous." I'm heavy I mean, it's like, what, what "Yeah, f- come on!" I'm also at five hundred five pounds, here. Come <laughs> yeah. on, this is
1: here. <laughs> I was literally crippled under my own weight, and it is oh, the so. it's the in between muscles, like the stabilizer muscles that we talk about. So it's almost a good complementary workout to you know the things that we're doing, like from a bodybuilding perspective. Um, and yeah. But yeah, you know, there's obviously you know a, a varied like amount of different training styles and programs that you can go through. But we'll finish off with the the beginner one. Um as I sort of mentioned and I think we'll do a second body podcast because yeah there's infinite amounts of information that we can get to and it also depends on, you know, your training age, things that you've done before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that we'll get into down the line.
0: Yeah. And and I think it's important to to hit before we close all this out is, you know, um there's obviously, we're going to have a whole discussion on, on supplements and, you know, we do, that one next. We do supplements
1: next we keep talking. We whatever. have to,
0: we have to, we have to, okay. let's do supplements next, but, but there, there's something that we need to disclose, you know, to put as a big disclaimer, you know, I get asked all the time, Hey, what's the best thermogenics? What's the best fat loss pill? There isn't one. Don't, don't, don't fuck with thermogenics. Don't fuck with raising your body temperature. You know, caffeine is a phenomenal stimulant if you can if you can tolerate it. Ca- you know, as there's multiple studies showing that you know caffeine can increase your performance. I take um, it's called Alpha Lion uh, Alpha Lion Supreme Hulk Juice, uh, which is as crazy as it sounds. By the way, sounds great. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, it's it's not as good as Harambe's blood, uh, but uh, you know Harambe is with me when I when I take that one and then, when I zone out. But uh, you know um, these are going to be you know pretty heavy in uh, really three main components that are the most important, which is going to be caffeine, and it's a high dose, usually three hundred milligrams or one hundred fifty milligrams depending on your tolerance. Um, you know it's going to have beta alanine and niacin. Now beta alanine and niacin, if you've never taken it before, if you take one of these pre workouts. It's literally going to feel like your skin is ripping off your body. That is perfectly normal. You'll build tolerance for that over time. It's not as bad each time, but you're going to be itchy as all hell, and you're gonna be like, "What the hell am I doing? Am I dying?" What, what um, I would say is, don't like if you're new to don't any, do the these, full don't, thing.
1: Don't don't go. <laughs> for the full <laughs> dose. Like I even still like anything that's high paid, I mean, I just don't I just don't like the way it makes me feel. Like I feel like I just yeah. wanna peel like a layer of my uh. skin off. I know this sounds ridiculous to anybody's like these have lost. Oh, It's plot,
0: serious. No, it's serious. But, <laughs> but I, I've seriously second guessed like what the F am I doing in the parking lot. I'm like, I might I might go home because I'm so itchy right now,
1: you know? <laughs> but number one, if that is something you're gonna look at, then look at something that has a low beta alanine dose and that that would be my preference because i just don't like the feeling of it if you do get one that has it then just do like half the serving size to begin with if what i like to do is sort of make my own concoction with it because then i'm fully in control of how many milligrams and grams of everything it's in it i can put you know 400 grams of caffeine, milligrams of caffeine in it if i want not 400 grams i would definitely die um But yeah, four hundred milligrams of of caffeine. And you can play about with it having the, you know, the individual, not pre made stuff. They're not maybe as crazily named or as good in terms of flavour, but you're a lot more in control. And again, this is a like levels to your training age kind of thing. It's not just like, Oh yeah, you've never trained before. Take this Hulk juice and go and do your HIIT training (laughs) and come back. This don't do that. We would not recommend that.
0: Now, listen, supplements are are overblown as, as something that is going to be a magic fix for poor tendencies and behavior, right? And that's, 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 it's such a, a, a the whole supplement industry is a lot of magic snake oil, very much like the security industry when they say, hey, you know, we can stop 100% of the hackers. It's a little bullshit, right? Same thing for a lot of these supplements. So, you know, you, you need to look at this from the perspective of, you know, what does my body need to recover faster? How can I maximize my performance? And what are the little things that I can tweak to get to there? Now, one of the big things, and I'm not going to get into the full full topics of this right now, um, is that, that I really prefer is getting your blood work done at least you know twice a year, or for me I do it once a quarter, um, and I do full panels for that and micronutrient testing, and I and I have found uh, some very amazing things about my body to optimize my performance. Like for one, I found I was calcium deficient. So, you know, I'm on calcium supplements, um, you know, and that has really helped uh, kind of tune my body, my TSH levels, which is my thyroid. I had a, you can't, you can't see the scar mark here, but I had was called a partial thyroidectomy uh, for a thyroid nodule that grew out of control. So they had to remove half my thyroid. So my, my levels have been fine for a while, but all of a sudden now my TSH levels are out of whack, which means that my thyroid is not able to, well, it's producing enough for my body. But it's working overtime, basically, because my brain has to keep saying, Hey, you're not producing enough. You're not producing enough. So it releases THA, TSH levels. And my thyroid's like, I'm, dude, I'm going as fast as I can. Like, okay, I'll keep pumping it out. So then it causes all these byproduct side effects of me being tired at night and things like that. So I'm on thyroid medication. So. It's about tuning your body because your body is this most, you know, it's like this ecosystem of, of chemicals and everything else that goes along with it. Um, and one of the things that, that I found that I was extremely deficient in, uh, I was in the hypogonadism stage of testosterone. And, you know, as we get older, especially in our 30s, our testosterone drops anywhere between 4 to 6% per year um, as things go on. And this, by the way, goes for women as well. There's some amazing studies out there for women around estrogen levels. Uh, I'd heavily recommend getting your estrogen levels tested and 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 pre menopause, uh, because there's a lot of great studies that if you start on on estrogen replacement prior to menopause, it has some extremely long term health benefits for you, um, and and balancing you know everything else that goes along with that. So for me, I'm on testosterone replacement therapy. I understand that gets a bad rap because they're like, oh well, you're on testosterone, you know that that's how you're able to build the muscles. That's total bullshit. Listen, my testosterone levels were at an 85 year old level. Uh, which, which means that I was literally at an 85 year old level from a performance perspective, from a body thermogenics perspective, from everything else around. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad that, that had a big difference, um, in increased levels. I'm I'm at a normal level now. I don't ride it high. I don't ride it low. I'm right in the medium range now of a normal person, you know, for, for testosterone. So that was a really big game changer for me was, was finding and discovering those certain things with my blood work. And guys typically don't go get blood work or take care of themselves. Guys, go and get the effing blood work done. Go see what's going on in your body. See what you can do to make uh, tweaks and changes. And then, you know, kind of look at supplements as maybe a way to kind of tune those out. Yeah. I think it's a good point to note that, you know, it's almost,
1: don't let it get to the stage where you're feeling the effects of it being super low. Like check it as you go. Do you know what I mean? Like, as you said, you know, once you sort of pass 30, I'm 33. I think. um, And I started You're a baby <laughs> and I have taken control in terms of like checking mine. And I'm also on testosterone replacement therapy just to sort of like, this is literally where it comes down to hacking your health. Like we, we can go, okay, right. Yeah. Well, how can we sort of prevent this or like, Get a bit longer out of this or manage this slightly better and male or female whatever it is if you can get your blood work done and know exactly like okay if i can start to introduce these things it means that i can reduce the you know you've talked in the previous podcasts about sort of delaying the aging effects and that's that's ultimately what we're doing do you know i've had conversations with you and, and other clients that are using testosterone replacement therapy as well that just feel great do you know what i mean like you, you know if you can bring your your levels back to where you're feeling you know 20, 25, whatever it is. I and mean, you didn't feel great in your 20s, whatever. Um, but if you can give, bring them back to that level where you, you know, your sleep's better, your energy levels better, your recovery's better, your mood is better. Like it, there's so many benefits yeah. to just managing oh, things on a hormonal level. My gosh. And I think, you know, the body is everything included. And I think, uh, as I said to you, you know, I have a call with, with Amal tonight. Um, I actually put a link to the I am um, HRT website in, the description, because I think it'd be good if people do want to get it checked out. Um, Yeah. But yes, I definitely would recommend that because, you know, there's no point in waiting until you get to your fifties and they'd be like, well, you know, trying to pull it back from here is going to be an absolute shit show. Whereas if you had to start at it now, you can maintain at that decent level the whole way, the whole way through.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, t- check with your doctors, obviously, with all of this. You know, uh, speak to your medical yes,
1: professionals. We are not doctors. Um, we are yeah, not doctors. Not a doc- we're not I'm prescribing not a this. We're
0: not saying go into your <laughs> You know, what we're saying is get some blood work done. Talk to your doctors. One thing I'd also question your doctor on is, is is he up to speed with all the latest research on testosterone? Um, because there's a lot of new studies coming out on the short, mid, and long term longevity aspects, cardiovascular, everything else that comes along with, with having testosterone. There's some really great things about it. Um, I think it gets a bad up you know, because, it's it
1: been abused for so it's long. Been abused so long. Yeah. The more like the more conversations that I have, you know, with males that are, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, whatever, it's become a more of a normal thing to get that, you know, and we're just trying to take it back to in the good range. So out of being yes. low to mid or at least optimal um yeah. range. And it's not
0: we're like We're not talking about any abuse here. Listen. You know, you abuse anything uh, in, in any aspect that has a negative impact. Testosterone, if you abuse testosterone for long terms, yeah, it's going to fuck your body up, mm-hmm. you know. And, but what we're talking about is is normal level, doctor monitored, prescribed. Prescribed, yeah. Making sure that you're, you know, you're focusing on your body um, and optimizing your body as, as a performance aspect things as well as longevity, everything else. I mean, sex drive, everything else comes along with this, right? So it, it, it's, it's making you feel better longer as you age. Just because you, you're aging doesn't mean you have to feel like shit the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, we can't combat those things, which is fucking great. Mm.
0: It is, it is awesome, right? I mean, technology—you know, science of our bodies, everything else—is just getting better and better. What episode and, uh, are they going to be things.
1: on when you're ninety-two?
0: Ah, dude. dude. <laughs> This is episode seven thousand nine hundred twenty-seven. <laughs> I still I haven't done it 5, seventy-two bags. 5 deadlift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude, if I, dude. If I, could if I can do, if I can do a two hundred pound deadlift at ninety-five, I'm like, I'll, I'll be on TV. I'd be awesome. <laughs> so, no, it's 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 such a fun. Listen, this whole ride and journey. Again, I mean, you know, everybody that's listening to this podcast, the feedback that we get from everybody and showing their journey. It, please share your experiences with us. Um, you know, on WeHack Health on Twitter and. You know how this is impacting you because honestly, this is our drive is is helping others. Um, and seeing think it's others cool be successful see, their life. Like,
1: people are genuinely. You know, we're doing this because we enjoy talking about it, but you know, yeah, people come. I, a guy messaged me on Instagram talking about the cool chars, and I know you hate them, but whatever. And um, and he was mm-hmm. talking about the benefits that he felt, and he read the Aubrey Marcus book and whatever else. But it's so cool to see people from all over the world. Like, oh, I did this and I put this into play, and you know, I feel better and I've lost this amount of weight and everybody's coming on the journey together and the more episodes that that we do i think the more people are getting involved you know the further it's spreading a lot more people are sharing it with me on instagram and things like that so absolutely you know share whatever you're doing hashtag we hack health um if anybody wants a hoodie dave's taking orders for so just send them a message directly <laughs> you
0: son of a bitch you son of a bitch no as soon as <laughs> yeah
1: as soon as we have them i'll, I'll get them up but um yeah, no, I'm really enjoying actually doing them and the whole journey. Yeah, same here. Interacting with so many different people, even in the Discord server and you know, having mm-hmm. a lot of calls. And as I said to you before the call, you know, have that group, the We Hack Health group coaching starting which will be yesterday, whenever the podcast released. So Monday, and you know, even being able to create that group off the back of what we're doing, you know, it's so cool. I'll put the link in the in the description about that as well of how to put it or whatever. Um but Everything that sort of come along with it and sharing it and everybody being involved, like it's it's far beyond. Yeah. Whenever we have that oh. idea, of, should we do a podcast? Yeah, okay, let's do it, and now we're here. Yeah, so
0: it's good. Let's figure it out. Yeah. yeah, we're here. It's 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 here. Well, I'll, I'll I'll leave on a party note here, which is I'm trying to find a am trying to create my own slogan. So everybody's got their own cool slogans that they have on their walls that they use from like everybody else. So I'm I I just built a new gym and I'm trying to figure out like I want to build this this mural of like, you know, Arnold and, you know, Ronnie Coleman and everybody else, just this cool graffiti thing. But I want to put a, a a sing in the middle. That's, that's resonating with me. So I want, I want your opinion on this and what you think. So, and and I created this, I'm sure somebody else has a spin on it or probably already created before me. Um, But I've been like, like playing with this back and forth, but it is um, tomorrow I'm stronger, faster, and better because of today. Yeah. I like it. And, and I you know, I think that to me is, you know, hey, today I'm putting in the work to be stronger, better, and faster than I was yesterday or the day before, right? And and that's the the mindset that you have to have is that this is short-term, midterm, and long-term goals of, of your objectives of what you want to be. And your body is an important aspect of that, obviously. Your body is this incredible machine that can do all of these things, way more than you give it credit for, by the way. Trust me. You're you know, this isn't genetics. I'm not a, you know. A 39-year-old that can run a five-minute mile is incredible that's because i put the fucking work in you know like i put some serious work in to get to that point and it's not because i have the genetics believe me, i've been fat my entire life it's not genetics um it is it is me busting my ass to get to a point to where i'm better today than i was yesterday because of the work i put in so you can do this too and uh you know get the sleep in order get your program regimen going, start doing some resistance training. Even if you don't do any cardio, just get some steps in, you know, 10, 12,000, 15,000 steps, you know, and, and, uh, incorporate some resistance training. You're going to start to see a major difference, especially if you've knocked down the mindset and nutrition that we talked about in the previous pillars. Um, you're going to, you're going to make this a, sc- a successful program for you. Yeah. I think we know it. best one yet. Hey, best one ever. Every, every, every time, every episode we do is the best one ever. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll drop it <laughs>
1: off on that. Um, So next, uh, next week we'll talk about supplements, which, Man, like we may block off two hours for that one, because that is going to be a lengthy discussion.
0: It's going to be awesome. You know, listen, I, I want to preface with we take a lot of and supplements okay so you know it but it but it's but it's us experimenting with things to get us points i like zero, to zero, i like zero, to trial zero. so that i can recommend right.
1: do you know what i mean i'm never going to yeah, tell you to absolutely. try something that i haven't done myself and i can give you feedback yes. and my thoughts as well as that if yeah. somebody comes to me and am like well what do you think of this i'll should have some experience with it somewhere along the line so for me that's yeah. what it's about um and it's funny because you know I don't, and, and you'll know this as well. Like I don't recommend a lot of supplements straight off the bat, but yep. if you looked at my supplements cupboard, you would think I own a supplement shop. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. that'll be a good one. Yeah, and then too. we got to get some guests on. We do.
0: We're after we get done with the pillars, we got to get some da- guests on. Okay. So, any recommendations up. I a couple- from
1: anybody? Tweet us and hashtag We Yep,
0: absolutely. Cool. Thanks everybody. Appreciate it. All right, Catch you soon. Later.